and he has desires of a human being. Amen. He's flesh and blood. <coughs> so, you know, Jesus, after spending 40 days in God's presence, mm -hmm. he was hungry. You would think that the God's presence should have taken away the desire for food completely, right? But that was what showed that Jesus was in the flesh. Yes. He had appetite to eat food. So there are some appetites that are natural in your flesh that cannot be covered up by spiritual things or by spiritual food. Because that's where usually we confuse it and say this is a man of God. He spends so much time in God's presence. How dare he want sex? <laughs> oh, I had that problem. I don't know about you. But I'm like, this is such a powerful message he preached. How can he be like coming and hugging and touching and like, hey, come on, stay in the spirit, brother. You know? <laughs> about the male 
has a need for sexuality that far outweighs the woman's need of sexuality. Now, in, these are just other stuff that we're passing around so that you can understand your needs. So that sometimes you can pray for your husband to meet your own needs in marriage. Because sometimes we don't even know, we don't know why we're frustrated in our marriage. It's because our needs are not met. Our bank account is so low. And people keep making withdrawals, 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 until we are on overdraft. No money being put, but money being withdrawn constantly. I said, you've made no deposits recently, no deposits recently, but you've made a huge withdrawal. So a woman's needs, we can start here. Non-sexual attention, we can all, not say, give me attention, but not that one that has to end in that way. Right? Yeah. No sexual attention. Yes, this is the truth. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Compliment me. Compliment my body. You know, step about my head. Notice something about me. Okay, you guys are so quiet on me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> 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 because the man is not here. We have it's to go tell You have to go and tell him. Okay, okay, I understand. Security. We don't have time to talk about that. Communication. Yeah. How many women? Just one more communication. Yeah. I wish I can feel you. What is it there? Can we talk? I always tell men, be more conversational than you feel like. And I tell women, be more sexual than you feel like. That's usually the two differences. The woman in gets into intimacy through conversation. A man gets into intimacy through sexuality. How do you get into your man's intimate place? It's through the sexual it's to getting in sexually. Of course, the man must get into you by being able to break your emotional wall and be able to communicate with you. And of course, leadership, we always want a man to be the leaders of their home. Now, your man's needs. The first one I would say, honor. Whenever I do my marriage seminars, I say between sex and honor, what is the greatest thing that a man would want? And every man, almost all of them, would say, honor, respect. Respect. The lady that will get to your husband, it's usually through her words. The Bible says the prostitute, her mouth is smooth. Her lips are smooth with oil. It's not first her body that attracts him. It is the word she says to him that you are not saying to him. Talk to us now. Her smooth lips draw him. We don't have time to talk about that. Wow. Friendship, sex, and that's what we are talking about. Why do we say sex is a need of a man? Now, there is a common in a man. Testosterone is also in a woman, but it is 20 times more in a man than it is in a woman. Testosterone. Now, testosterone is in charge of the production of what we call spermatozoa. You all know about sperms. The medical term is spermatozoa. Every 48 hours in your husband's body, now we're talking about medical and science of what is happening in your husband's body. Now, this is not because your husband is uh, whatever, whatever. He's just a human being, and God is the one doing it in him. Amen? Amen. Every 48 hours, there is an explosion in his body. Of a peak of spermatozoa that delivers 300 million spermatozoa in his body. Jesus. 
Release endorphins, which are the feel-good hormones, are excited, and the cortisol levels comes down, which is a stress hormone. The stress hormone is what makes us, you know, not stress, stress, simple. So, if this this businessman make sure that they see a woman the night before, because they want their heads to be so clear, their minds to be on top of their game, slightly for them to feel honored. Do you know that a man who is important feels like not a man? Mm. He feels so um, less than a man. So if a man feels less than a man who is important, 
who is not able to satisfy his sexual needs, what would a man whose sexual needs are satisfied feel? I'm telling you, they feel on top of the world. Amen. They feel like I am ready to face anything. When a woman gives her body with joy, I'm not saying that, you know, some women sit down on the bed and they are counting how many ceilings are on the wall, yes. counting every drop of water that is coming out. That is nonsense. <laughs> yeah, because you're not a prostitute. The prostitute gives her body without her emotions or her mind. You're not a prostitute. So I'm not talking about you giving your body right, just right. For, for, him to for him to release. Mm -hmm. You are given a ministry. It is a ministry. And say, well, we don't have time to go into that. Okay. <laughs> so now we talked about the businessmen who have to see a woman the day before they go to do a speech. On the other hand, athletics, it has been said that 72 hours, 72, they are not supposed to see a woman for 72 hours before they go to do their games. So a marathon or a wrestler, they say 72 hours to a week, the stronger you want to be, the more you keep away from a woman. So now, they do that so that their testosterone levels are at the highest, their cortisol levels are at the highest, they are ready to box their opponent to death. Now, let me ask you, woman of God, what marathon or boxing game are you preparing your husband for? I'm doing it because I know you need it. 
I may not be interested in it, but I know you need it. I don't want you to be working with an overload. <laughs> because what happens when a person is working with an overload is that something that could not have tempted him will begin to tempt him. The Bible says the first reason for one of the first reasons for sexuality after procreation, which God created sex for procreation. But in the New Testament, sexuality was encouraged for prevention of fornication. Yes. Mm-hmm. Paul said that we don't have time to go through all the, the scriptures. This is the one who bears should get married. You know, the devil has done something in our sexuality. It's like, when, what, what God says that do not touch each other before you get married, you know, and, and, you know, do not abstain when you get married. But we get in, we do, we, the devil says now you're going to touch each other when you're not married. But in the marriage now, don't touch each other. <laughs> He's messing up always God's plans. So I said that I shall not be part of making the devil happy. Because the Bible says not to abstain except for a time. In agreement and for a time so that the devil will not tempt you. So that the devil will not tempt you. So it means that my sexuality becomes a shield for my husband. And let me tell you, woman, a shield for yourself as well. What happens in sexuality for a woman? What happens in sexuality for a woman is that, especially when a woman gets to orgasm, some people have been married for a long time and have not experienced what we call orgasm. Orgasm is that climax, that enjoyment. What happens when you get into orgasm? All your muscles get relaxed. There is a hormone called oxytocin that is released when a woman gets to orgasm. Oxytocin in the medical term is what, we, what is released when a woman is breastfeeding her baby. Mm-hmm. It is the same hormone that is released when she gets into an orgasm. Now that hormone is called the binding hormone. So when a woman gets to orgasm, she gets bound to her husband. Now she begins to think about her husband just like when she's thinking about her baby. You know, a woman is breastfeeds her baby and even if the baby is far away from her, she is thinking, she can feel her baby. If a woman is constantly or enjoying the sexual um, activity, she gets to that bonding with her husband. She gets to that place where I, 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 I just tell God that God, I don't understand completely what this mystery is because the Bible says that, you know, marriage is honorable and the sexual bed are defiled. So there is a sacred thing. The, so, some version says the sexual bread is holy, is pure. What does holy and pure mean? Set apart for God. Yes. So it means it's like an altar. Do we approach an altar, you know, like I don't care or I don't, you know, I don't even bother about it. You know, one time the Lord revealed to me that, you know, your sexuality is like when you serve yourself Holy Communion. Because in Holy Communion, we are reminding ourselves of our covenant with God. In the sexual act, we are reminding ourselves that we are yoked together. We are yoked together. We are in this thing together. I am one with you. Amen. 
If you get into that mindset when you approach your sexuality, you will get transactions that happen in the spirit realm that you don't even know about. Because God honors that. Since my daughter has understood my purpose in this act, it's not just, it's not just um, like a physical thing. Amen? It's like holy communion where you're saying, mm. I am renewing my covenant with my husband. Amen. And therefore, I don't take it lightly. Amen? Amen? So I don't avoid it. Do you avoid holy communion and say, ah, oh, no, I did it yesterday. I don't want to do it today. Oh, no. As, as often as you do this. Thank you, my sister. <laughs> as as you do this. Remember your covenant with your husband. <laughs> Binding yourselves together. Amen? Amen. Binding yourselves together. We cannot overemphasize the need of being regular in your sexuality. We cannot overemphasize the need. If it needs for you to make a sex date, do a sex date. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a sex date. So every if you want to do it, if this this forty eight hours is a general principle. Other people, men don't need it. Some men need it every day. You know, I'm I'm just saying in general, that is usually the pattern. And if you notice, so because some men also have unusual appetites that are not <laughs> you cannot fulfill. Because <laughs> if your appetite, if your appetites have been twisted by other things, you know, if a man has seen met with so many women before, or he got married, or he's been involved in pornography and stuff like that, he might have twisted appetites. You know, just like some people will eat food and they keep eating even though they are full. Mm, it's twisted yeah. appetites. So you can also have twisted appetites for sex. I'm talking about regular normal. Amen. Like make a sex tape. Now, a second advice for you is uh, if, you, if you have not been regular before, if you have been regular, continue being regular, but put the aspect of glamour into it. Amen? Bring God into it. Amen? Because first of all, he is the one who started it. So I tell God that, no, God, more than just my meeting with my husband, I am asking for something supernatural to happen because this is a covenant. I am renewing my vows. So I'm asking for something supernatural to happen during this sexual act. Amen? God never put, he never said sex, sex is a good thing. He's very much involved in it. So we should involve him into our sexuality. You know, when one day I was so embarrassed because I got a prophetic word from a prophet. <laughs> And you know you get all kinds of words. People come and give. And I really respect this man of God. That <laughs> he came and told me that the Lord is telling me to be um, to be careful. I had just had a, my baby, and you know when the doctors first of all tell you you have this six weeks off, and for some women they make it six months, you know. <laughs> but uh, they said the. the man of God told me, you know what, you have to make sure that you're faithful in your sexual life. I was like, <laughs> this man is very bold. <laughs> and of course, I needed to hear that at that time because I was giving all excuses why I was not going to be ready to meet his sexual needs and my sexual needs. Because a woman has sexual needs. Now, the difference between a woman's sexual needs is that a woman's sexual needs 
we didn't have time to see a woman's brain and a man's brain, is covered by so many things that it doesn't pop out as the first need. It's not that the woman doesn't have sexual needs, but it is covered by the children, by her work, by her own body image. Can I show you? So it is so covered such that the woman's sexual need does not show up. But when a man begins to love her, help her take out one stress. I'll help you out with the children. Don't worry about this. I got the finances and the bills taken care of. Don't worry about this. Then you can see that the woman gets up as a very, very active sexual woman and sometimes can even beat the man in being sexual. Amen? Amen. So, I want to encourage you, if you have been given excuses about meeting with your husband, think about Holy Communion. (laughs) Think about the 48 hours. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Think about the fact of Holy Communion. Think about the fact that you are the only one privileged to meet that need. He cannot meet it anywhere else. You have been met, you have been designed by God to meet that need. And when that need is met, he what is stamped in his mind is that my wife brings me pleasure. Yes. My wife brings me pleasure. But if you constantly refuse, reject, 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 when he sees you, what he sees is resistance. The memory he has about you is a memory of displeasure and rejection. I mean, I have talked with so many pastors' wives and pastors themselves that say that, you know, the two main problems in, 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 in marriages now, sexuality and money, those are the two things that are breaking marriages apart. Yeah. Money and sexuality, full stop. So, at least have no have two of them down in your house, amen. Because as a woman, when it comes to sexuality, you can take care of it, amen. And I want to challenge you that a man who feel if you want to make your man feel like you know the top of the world, and this is what the prostitutes do that we tend to generally don't do that you approach him and invite him to the bed. (laughs) (laughs) I have scriptures in Songs of Songs and we could go through that. But the lady in Songs of Songs is like, come to my bed, come and eat my fruit from my garden. She is the one inviting her husband. Your husband will feel on top of the world because he sees that she values my body. It's not always me saying, I beg, I beg, just a little bit. Oh, <laughs> five minutes and I'll be done. Invite your husband into sexuality, amen? So that he does not have to feel like what would he feel like if a woman is the one cutting it out. He would not have to, to imagine that men go a very, very much with sight and imaginations, what they see. So don't give room for any imagination. I said that my husband should not feel like there is something out there in the world that he has not seen. He should see all that in me. Mm -hmm. Every beautiful thing, if it's 
the laundry or whatever, he should not feel that there's something out there that he hasn't seen. I should be the day, I should be the display of everything I end. You start with me and you end with me. Um, I heard this question somewhere and it has been at the back of my mind. Yes. One mommy was asking that. Um, but now that some of us are much older and uh, we are not uh, very interested in all these things anymore, mm -hmm. uh, my daughter, what do you want us to do? Mm -hmm. uh, what do you want us to do because we cannot? That's how she sounded. So, can you help us? Yes. Some of us are getting older, and maybe at some point we might not be as interested. She was about 55, 60. Okay. I don't know why she thought she was that old, but that's how she presented it. Good question. Very good question. That's what one thing we're going to talk about is, what do you do when there is no desire? Some people, they don't even wait to 50. They just don't have no desire. They just have just goals. It's not about age. There's lost no desire. First thing I would say is that whether there is desire or not, satisfy your husband. That's number one rule. You're doing it as a ministry to his need. Your desire, where you don't desire, it's not because you feel hungry that you give your husband food. You give him food because he needs food. You present yourself to say, I know that you have a need and I'm going to meet your need. And this is a, um, a little practical help. They have what they call lubricants. Because when a woman has no desire, she's not secreting the, the liquids that help for, for penetration. She will not secrete that. So now that's what even makes it painful. And when it's painful, the more she's avoiding it. When a woman hits 50 and more, she gets to menopause, this vaginal dryness that sets in, that's usually the case. And I've spoken to helped a lot of women who are above 50 and have lost desire. The reason they lose desire is firstly because of pain. Pain because they are no longer secreting as much fluids as they used to do before because estrogen is low. So, there are practical helps. They are what we call lubricants. You can get them from Walmart, CVS, anywhere. They call them just personal lubricants. So that helps. It's just like vitamins. You take vitamins because you don't have energy, as much energy. You can take that to help you. Amen? And I, I advise women, use that even when um, you know, you're just going through a time when you're emotionally not ready for your husband and you know that he needs. So you use the lubricant and get it done. Amen? Just get it done. One lady was, she called her mother, was like, why are you not coming for Thanksgiving? She's like, oh, because my, my husband is so angry that I, I do not give him sex. And the mother turned to her and said, my daughter, you've got to be ashamed of yourself. You've got to be ashamed of yourself. How can you deny a man something that takes such a little time and brings him so much pleasure? <laughs> Why would you deny that for me? We cook for at least five. How many minutes do you spend cooking? At least an hour. And it's still to please your husband. But this can take five minutes if you do a quick thing. Ten minutes. Now we are talking about serving the husband, okay? When I'm talking about sexuality with the husband, I bring in the man's need of meeting the woman's need for sexuality. And that's why I always try to balance that sexuality is for one, it's for a service to meet your husband's need. It's also for you to get pleasure. 
There is only the woman is the only one that was made with one organ that does not have any other purpose but for sexual pleasure. The man's sexual organ has another purpose. You know he uses it for something else, right? You don't know do that? Exactly. Why are you looking at me like I'm talking nonsense? <laughs> he uses his sexual organ for something else. But there is an organ in a woman's body, the clitoris, has no other function but for pleasure. No other. God made the woman to have an organ that is so would you want to go to heaven without that organ being used? <laughs> it shall have no use in heaven. <laughs> so to answer your question, desire, no desire you can help by servicing. Secondly, when there is no desire, how to motivate the desire is to do a lot of what we call foreplay. Amen. A lot of foreplay would help. Now, there's something about foreplay. There's physical foreplay and there's emotional foreplay. Most women need an emotional foreplay. And that's what usually when we have our marriage seminars, we teach the men. Because you will not jump on her and just start touching her and think that she's going to be ready. Her mind is not there. The mind has to be ready. The mind has to be ready. And I'll close by showing you this diagram. You know, there's a saying that there are older frustrated, older frustrated women and younger frustrated men. Because in the younger age, the woman is so busy with her children, we get so emotionally attached to our children, especially when we are bringing them up, and we are not interested in sex. Like there's just no time, no desire. Every the baby's touching you every time. You don't want nobody touching you anymore in the night. You've had enough touches. But don't frustrate your man during those years because in the older years, when the children are all gone, then your desire rises up. He's, he's knocked out by your rejection. He has no more desire. It's been found that men become impotent faster who have been denied sex on a con in a consecutive way. There's also, on the other side, an abnormal appetite in a woman who's been abused. A woman who's been raped sexually assaulted, molested, there's an opposite appetite that makes you not want sex even more. Those are things that I, I just want to say that we should get help with them because they can impact our marriages. There are a lot of pastors' wives who they don't want sex, not because they don't love their husbands, but because there's an issue in the past that has not allowed them to be able to enjoy sex. And those are things that I would just beseech us. We need to get help. Absolutely. That was one of the, the reasons of lack of desire is previous abuse. Previous abuse. Very, very significant. I will really start to um, a pastor's wife and she was telling me, you know, hearing you, I just got delivered because I understood where my problem was coming from. I was raped before and as soon as we got married, I just saw my husband as this aggressor. It was one more time a replay and I avoided him. And the consequence of avoiding him was not good. Mm. Undesirable consequences. Mm. Yes, undesirable consequences. She said, if I knew this I had before, I would have sought help. But right there, she was delivered and set free. Another thing is that women who have gone through a very dom domineering father or a domineering man in their lives usually would avoid the sexual act because one more time, a man is on top of you and all they see 
is he's going to press me down again. Yeah. We've had to, I mean, like minister to women who, it was not rape. It's just because they had a verbally abusive parent. And what they see in their man is another abusive man verbally. It's not rape. And therefore they avoid the sexual act because they are in the sexual act you become naked. And when the Bible says naked and not ashamed, it means that everything inside you comes out. And that's why people avoid the sexual act. They want to stay covered. I'm not ready to deal with this issue. You have bitterness in your heart against your husband. You're not ready to deal with it. That's why you're avoiding the sexual acts. We are things that we have not talked through and I'm not in agreement with you about this. I cover myself. You don't touch me. But the Bible says they were both naked and not ashamed. The greatest union we can give to our husbands is this ability to bring them Bring them to the place where they are naked and not ashamed. It is a strange combination. Naked means that my whole being, my shortcomings, my weaknesses come before you. But you don't reduce me in your eyes. You uphold me. You love me. Your love upholds me so that I don't feel less than a person. The most dangerous thing that you can do to your husband is that when he approaches you, especially when he is so ready, and you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And you say no. Mm-hmm. He feels like He is very ashamed. Mm-hmm. He would want to run and hide himself. It's very, very demeaning to his self-esteem. I'm not talking about physical now. <coughs> it is his self-esteem. I've gathered the bonus to unveil my nakedness before you. My nakedness of I need you now. Please, these this three million things, they have just landed. My head. They have just landed on my head. I need help. <laughs> <laughs> and you say that I don't need to, I cannot help you. I have a headache. <laughs> One of the things I was preparing for interviewing lately for management um, level, or top management level. And if you notice in CEOs, most of them are married women. And one of the things that came out is most, if you are not married, there are some jobs you cannot get. Because sex has a lot. I was reading it that sex, statistics says women who are married and happily married tend to do better as CEOs because they are sexually satisfied. So it's not just satisfying yourself, your husband. You are helping yourself. And I've noticed it personally. It helps me to think. Sometimes I tell my husband, if you don't want it, I want it. Because it helps me. Yes. Good job. Come on. Okay, last question, please. So, we've talked a lot about the headache, you know. But the truth is that many times you're not feeling at your best, you know. So, how do you draw the line between where you said earlier, just do it to meet his need, but then you don't want to always be in that place where it's always just for him, because you also want to experience that pleasure. So, you know, what are some of the things, I mean, can you give some practical things that we can do or say, you know? Let me answer that real fast. If you set the sex date two days a week or whatever you say, I will be ready. Now, I advise people, you can have a date where it's his date and a date, her date. 
His date means that I'm meeting your needs on this day. On Monday, it's anytime you want, how you want it, whenever you want it. On Tuesday, is my date. It means that I get ready psychologically. I ask God for the grace. So it's no longer on my mind that it's not, you know, I psychologically, because for a woman, it first starts with us. Our mind's getting ready at the beginning of the day, saying that I want to enjoy this, Lord. Even if you need to pray, pray. You know, receive the grace. And the one good thing that you need to do, if you don't, you know, you don't feel like, go and exercise. Exercise is something that stimulates the sexual desire very greatly, you know. Yes, exercise, because what happens is that it increases the blood flow. When there's little blood flow around, this desire is also less. So you get ready. So I don't know if I answered your question, but that can help very greatly when you decide that today is the day when I'm going to get in pleasure. And you agree with your husband. He has to set the mood. It takes as long as it takes for me to get to orgasm, your husband is ready. And when it's his day, you're also getting ready just to deliver. It's a quickie, it's a five minutes thing, and it's done. The other day, you're taking 30 minutes or 35 minutes, depending. So usually that works for most people. God bless you. I hope you enjoy this time. Yeah. <laughs>